0: Just where we are, wherever you might be, Jesus calls to you and says, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we come into Jesus' presence, we find rest, we find peace, we find love, we find compassion. So wherever you are, in physicality and in your spiritual journey, wherever you are, you are welcome. Jesus says, come As you are. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this beginning of August. We thank you for your many blessings in this life. Lord, forgive us when we get caught in all of the things that are going wrong and we forget how much we have. Lord, remind us of your presence with us. Help us to be a repentant people recognizing areas in our own lives that we need to shift from, recognizing new ways that we need to follow you. And even this morning as we come and we seek to worship you, may we worship you in spirit and in truth. May we bless you, Lord God, as we sing praises to you, as we pray to you, as we hear your word for us to to us, and as we celebrate your supper with each other and with you. Lord God, may your spirit reign mightily in this place and in every place where people are watching this service. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Good morning, good morning. Check to make sure my microphone is up and loud. Hey, we're going to take a moment and uh, it's the first Sunday in August and as is the case with the first Sunday in August, uh, every first Sunday we celebrate birthdays and we celebrate anniversaries. So if you have a birthday or an anniversary in the month of August, I would ask you to share that in the, I always look this way because our uh, laptop monitor is over here. So I look over here to say, Sign in the thread uh, there on Facebook. Say I have a birthday. If you want to put, give all the details. My birthday is. Give the date, and if you want to say, you can say how old you will be or how old you are. And uh, and then if you have an anniversary, say so and so and I were married. Well, fill in the name. <laughs> <laughs> So-and-so and I were married on such-and-such such a date, and we will have been married this many years. Um, this is a good test, uh, maybe a math test for you. We were married in this year, so and today, and now it's 2020, so subtract the two, and that's how many years you've been married. Uh, a couple of other announcements. First, I want to welcome you to the First Presbyterian Church, Santa Ana live stream worship service my name is Lance Allen I'm the pastor here Uh, it's a joy to be with you in this setting Uh, it's kind of different for us we're used to being in uh, worship together but uh, for the past few months we have been online like this and uh, we have moved from my office to my living room and now back to the sanctuary thanks be to God My, uh, my neighbor had a few interesting comments during one sermon one Sunday, so um, if that doesn't get you back, checking in the old sermons, I don't know what will. No. Um, so a couple of announcements. One thing that, as you support our church and many people continue to give, and we want to say thank you so much for that, there are online options for giving as well as mailing it into the church here. Some people actually come in on Sunday and drop off envelopes here. At the church it's all good we want to let you know that one of our goals in the next few weeks is to uh, increase our production on Sunday mornings right now we're using my cell phone that cell phone has uh, been all over the place <laughs> even to Columbia so it's a kind of a beat-up older phone and we sure could use some new cameras and microphones and uh, so that is one of our goals in the next few weeks. So your financial support will help us to do that. Um, also, we have a meeting this afternoon, a Zoom meeting. Uh, actually, this morning at 1130, uh, Xander Montes, our Director of Youth Integration, will be having a Zoom meeting with parents and students. Um, that's for our youth ministry, so that's adolescents, junior high and high school so I want to encourage you if you are a parent or if you are a youth uh, student uh, we want to encourage you to participate in that if you don't know the zoom link uh, go to the underground page on Facebook or Instagram and the zoom link is there so I want to encourage you to do that so now Mm -hmm. I'm going to check on birthdays I'm going to look over here um, and I see An anniversary. I have a list of birthdays, so we're all good. And I see a prayer request, and that's definitely something we'll be looking at. So, okay. So I'm just going to go with the birthdays that I have, and I have quite a few. So um, be ready. Judy McDuff, one of our sanctuary singers, uh, is her birthday is on the 6th. I don't know how, people, how old people are, so they're just going to have to fill in the blank. Mari Gonzalez, uh, one of our members, the Gonzalez family, uh, her birthday is on the 9th. Dan Reed, a former member, is uh, also on the 9th. And uh, Elisa and Marina Wager. now they're sisters. They are not twins but they were both born on the 10th of August. Uh, former pastor here, Pastor Liam Stroman, who actually suffered with COVID-19 for almost six weeks. She was three weeks in the hospital. Uh, her birthday is on the 12th. Maribel Salgado is also on the 12th. Jesse Heumann is also on the 12th. Nellie Silva is on the 18th. Oh, I got her. I'm trying to do this chronologically, and I got people out of order here. Kyle Short Our sanctuary singer, and he sings uh, here on Sunday mornings every third week. Kyle's birthday is on the 16th. Fred Christ, our longest standing member, he's what we call our platinum member. Anybody that's been a member for 50 years or more is a golden member. Fred has been a member for more than 72 years, and uh, he is our platinum member. His birthday is on the 17th. Annie Lugo is on the 20th. Carlos Acosta, our seminary intern who took the weekend off. His birthday is on the 24th. Uh, Oh, did you fix it? Okay. Yes. Sorry. I just saw it switch over here. So, ladies and gentlemen, David Springfield, (laughs) our our video guy. And uh, Vanessa Vargas Montes, which is uh, Xander's wife, her birthday is on the 25th. Xander, that's a reminder to you, don't forget. Isabel Miranda is on the 26th. Denise Balera is on the 27th. And former member Cindy Olivier is on the 30th. We have one anniversary, Sandra Escoto, who is our ch- director of children's ministry. Her first anniversary is this month Let me check. Uh, on August 17th, um, and we have one other. Come on, get to the mic. Oh. Step on up to the microphone. Oh, okay. We have one more. Yes, I'm Carol Tanksley. Jeff and I have an anniversary on the 17th as well, and it'll be our 18th. Wow, 18th. That's awesome. Okay, you might as well stay there because we're, yep. we're going to go right into Scripture. Oh, we're going to sing. Happy birthday first. Can we sing? Okay. Sorry, by your help, sing to anybody that might be having a birthday. <laughs> Body, who is our organist and pianist. We appreciate their uh, work tirelessly every Sunday.
1: Thank you. The scripture scripture reading today is uh, Romans 12, 9 through 18. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you. Live peaceably.
2: to the spirit
0: Of God. We talked about church being the body of Christ. Uh, we talked about it being the bride of Christ. Uh, many, many different metaphors used to describe the church in the New Testament. Uh, and I mentioned at the time, I was surprised that nobody mentioned this one family. That we are the family of God. And that's what we've been singing about. And here's one of the main verses or passages that talks about that. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 and following, uh, the author says this, For it was fitting for him, that's Jesus, for whom are all things and from whom are all things, in bringing many sons and daughters, that's us, to glory. For both he who sanctifies, that's Jesus, and those who are sanctified, that's us, are all from one Father. That's God the Father. For which reason He, that's Jesus, is not ashamed to call them, that's us, brothers and sisters. So it's one thing for us to say, oh yeah, God is our Father. But we also can say that since Jesus Christ is God's Son, And when we come to Jesus Christ and accept Jesus into our hearts, we enter into the family and we call Jesus, God's son, our brother. And he calls you and me sisters and brothers as well. We are family. Um, We oftentimes like to talk about the early church and oh, if only we were like the early church and more like the early church. Luke describes the early church in Acts chapter 2 in this way. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Certainly within the church, we're very geared towards uh, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. But this idea of fellowship, breaking bread together, Being together. Fellowship. The Greek word there is koinonia. How many of you have heard that word? I see those hands. (laughs) Koinonia, which literally means fellowship, but it's fellowship in the Christian sense. And it's it's tied to the word uh, that we sometimes translate as sharing. So people who are in fellowship share together. Uh, Christian fellowship or communion. And it can be sharing with God. We can have fellowship with God and we can also have fellowship with one another. Usually koinonia in the New Testament sense has a a greater sense towards uh, fellowship with other Christians. In fact, within the Presbyterian Church we have what's called the six great ends of the church and one of those is Christian fellowship. Not just hanging out together, but Christian fellowship. What do we share together? What holds us together? What unifies us? And I've gotten thinking about during this time of coronavirus craziness, when many of us are at home a great deal of time, what does fellowship look like? Many of us feel isolated. Many of us feel abandoned. I've talked to some of our older members, and that's one of the biggest things they feel. They just they they put together They thought initially, gosh, I'm going to get some things done that I've had on my list to do. And so they got them done. They're done. Now what do they do? (laughs) And they're just, there's only so many TV shows they can watch. There's only so much news they can watch. And they're feeling isolated. Anybody who does not have someone else in the home begins to feel very cut off from society. So how, how can we celebrate fellowship beyond these walls? That's our sermon series right now, is Beyond These Walls, thinking of being the church beyond these walls. As I mentioned, sometimes the word koinonia is translated as sharing, and the word is used to say that we are to share in Christ's suffering. We are to have koinonia with Christ's suffering. Fellowship with Christ's suffering. So in Acts uh, chapter 2, verses 44 it said, and following, it says this, And all those who believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling the property and possessions and were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. So they were sharing, that's that sense of sharing. I got a little ahead of myself in the sharing of Christ's suffering. I'll get back to that in a moment. But uh, some people, I got into a conversation with some people this past week about Marxism and what does Marxism look like and is it Marxism bad or good or whatever. And they said, well, isn't, isn't the Bible, isn't there some kind of Marxist qualities there? I mean, if you look at the early church, weren't they Marxist? And I, I like to respond and say, no, they were Biblical. biblical principles came together a few years before Marx was was even born. So these are biblical. There are other aspects of Marxism which we have to be careful of. Um, Religion is the opiate of the people. Well, we as Christians believe that our faith is the foundation of who we are and why we do what we do. And so to avoid a sense of religion goes a counter to everything that we are and everything that we do. So we are biblical in our perspectives. And yes, we seek to share things with others and we seek to level things out with our loved ones. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6 describes what unifies us. Paul writes this, there is one body, that's the church, And one spirit, just as you are called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So those are the things that unify us. Our faith. Our faith in God. Our Lord. Our baptism. Our Father. We are unified by our faith. And our fellowship is with one another. But it is also predicated on this idea of being in fellowship with God. In the beginning of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship, koinonia, with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So our fellowship begins with fellowship with Jesus Christ. Now it's interesting, immediately after this verse, Paul goes into a diatribe uh, against the Corinthian church for the divisions that were found in the church. So he says, you have fellowship with Jesus Christ. You are in communion with Jesus Christ. You are unified through Jesus Christ. But, as a church body, you are divided by the leaders that you seek to follow. And so he uh, criticizes them for their divisions. So, what does fellowship look like? What does Christian fellowship look like? I mean, some people think it's just hanging out and being friendly with each other, but Christian fellowship is deeper than that. Um, some people describe the church as the poor man's country club. I say no. I say no. We are meant to have a deeper fellowship, a deeper communion with one another. So I've written some things on the board, and um, I'm going to bring it over. It's going to take a half second. Uh, and as I bring it over... <coughs> Part of what we're going to talk about is that passage that Carol read from Romans chapter 12. So that's here, and then I have some other verses here. So I've written these out, so hopefully you can read these. Somebody said that the green was not very strong, and hopefully you can read those. I put them in really strong, and then I brought out a black pen. So, looking over Romans chapter 12, one of the first comments that is made is, let love be without hypocrisy. So this is the first ingredient, is love. Now, I'm going to say that is, in the Greek, agape love. And remember, the definition of agape love is unselfish love. It is is seeking the spiritual best for another person. So then Paul goes on to write, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. So the second ingredient is brotherly love. And this, of course, is phileo. So two different words to use uh, that Paul uses to describe love. Phileo is more of a Comradeship, a more of hanging out together, a more friendliness, um, spending time together and enjoying each other's company. So, one ingredient is agape love. The second ingredient is uh, brotherly love. And then uh, Paul goes on to say, rejoicing in pro- hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. So, another ingredient is prayer. Well, that very much separates us from the country club mentality. Unless, of course, you're on the golf course, and then there's a lot of prayer that goes on at the golf course. I know, because I used to play. But we seek to pray for each other. We seek to find out what the other people need in prayer, and we hold each other in prayer. Uh, Next, Paul Rook goes on to write, Practicing Hospitality. So, um... I'm just going to go ahead and write that right now. Hospitality. Hospitality is an ancient sense of welcoming others into your home, embracing them into your home, making them feel welcome. Paul goes on to write, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. This was the, the verse that made me come to this passage for today. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I call this empathy, practicing empathy. When we have empathy with another person, we celebrate when they celebrate. And we're sad when they're sad. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been around a person, uh, when somebody comes in and they're really happy, then the person becomes kind of grumpy how long do we have to put up with this blah, blah, blah? You know, they have that Eeyore complex going on. Oh, it's not that great. It's not that good. You know, you ever, you have people like that? Or, or uh, to weep with people who weep. I've known people who, you know, somebody starts crying and they're like, oh, brother, here we go again. Um, but true empathy is Christian fellowship. It's, it's when somebody is celebrating And you don't sit there and go, gosh, I wish my kid was uh, doing as well as their kid is. You say, wow, that's so great that your child is doing that well. Um, And when they start weeping, you don't go, well, yeah, I have this problem. And you start bringing it back to yourself, like all the attention needs to be on you. Empathy has to do with accepting the attention on another person. And that's so important to Christian fellowship. Paul says, do not be haughty in mind. Haughty is kind of another word for proud. So don't be proud. So one of the ingredients for Christian fellowship is humility. Not thinking of yourself as being more important than other people. Boy, that's important in Christian fellowship, right? Uh, And then he uh, goes on to say respect what is right. So respect, I'm putting respect down because I think this is very important in Christian or a Christian fellowship is having respect for each other. And towards the end, Paul writes, be at peace with all, as much as you're able to. Be at peace with all. So I love it that he gives that little caveat, that little exception. As much as you're able to. Because let's face it, we're not always at peace with one another. It's a family. Are you always at peace with all of your brothers and sisters if you have them? <laughs> I see people right now in my mind who are going, are laughing at the idea of being at peace with their siblings. Even if you're in your 60s or 70s, sometimes you, you're still struggling with your siblings. Well, the church is no different. We are family, and we still kind of struggle along, but Paul says, be at peace with all to the best of your ability. So family should be a, a place, uh, this is why I didn't write like before. It should be a place of peace. It should be a place where you feel safe, where you can have fun, you can laugh, be joyful, and find loving connection with one another. So now I'm going to jump to a few other passages and talk about fellowship. Really important for me. So the first one is Romans chapter 50, verse 2. Let each of us please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up that neighbor. So, an aspect or ingredient of koinonia is building up. I need to bring this over. I can't do that one. Alright, so. And so. This is what happens on the live stream. So, building up. What's the opposite of building up? Well, tearing down. And sometimes uh, people are all about tearing other people down and not building them up. In fact, I uh, heard from a psychologist recently who was talking about leveling, The people who do not feel good about themselves spend a lot of time leveling. And leveling means that uh, when they're around people that they feel a little intimidated by, they do one of two things. They um, start to flatter themselves and and build themselves up to make themselves much greater than they are so they feel more equal to the other. Or, more commonly, they try to tear the other down and they try and say things about the other person that makes them feel less. Um, And I'm not talking about political figures right now. Never. They would never do that. (laughs) But the fact is that many of us have a tendency to do that because we feel not so great about ourselves. And what Paul is saying is if you want true communion, true community, true fellowship, you build other people up. You tell them, you recognize things that they're doing well and you say, hey, I, I think you're doing that really, really well. And that's building others up. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul writes this, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. So another ingredient in koinomia is encouragement. Next. Now sometimes I think that we don't really pay much attention to the words themselves, but what's right here? Courage. So when you encourage someone, you help to... Strengthen them. You help to give them courage. And what's the opposite of encouragement? Discouragement. When you try to discourage somebody, take their courage away. So, this is a little bit about empowering. How can you empower people around you? I talked to a young woman who was being abused by an older man uh, recently, and I said, Well, I can confront him, or you can confront him here's some of the things that you might say to that person. And at the end of our conversation, I said, would you like me to talk to that person or would you like to talk to that person? And she said, I want to talk to him. And I said, good, because that takes his power away and that gives you the power. So I was seeking to encourage her, to give her courage to stand up to somebody who was being inappropriate with her. So... 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and following, Paul writes this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. Why? So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So another ingredient is comfort. I'm telling you, that is one of the most important aspects of koinonia, of Christian fellowship. When we're going through a difficult time, when we've lost a job, when we've lost a loved one, uh, when we've struggling financially, uh, when we've had an auto accident, having people surround you and comfort you. Wow, that is great, is it not? So koinonia, fellowship, is that comfort. And then finally, in Galatians 6, Paul writes, Bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. So the last ingredient that I want to focus on is support. Bearing one another's burdens. Recognizing when people are going through a difficult time and saying, Hey, I want to hold you up, I want to lift you up. It's it's recognizing that if this person tries to walk this path alone, they will not make it. But if they have somebody to to help them and support them and bear part of the burden with them, then they'll be able to make it. What's the opposite of support? It's to abandon. It's to leave them all alone. And when we abandon somebody or remove our support from somebody, we actually add to their burden, right? So we want to support people So this list, I hope uh, this is helpful to you. If you want uh, a copy of my sermon outline, just um, send a note to me, private message me, text me and say, hey, I really want these so I can have these uh, written out in a way that's easy to remember. So the question is, how do we do this right now? Remember, uh, one of the first weeks I was talking about how do we continue to be the church and that the church was meant to be beyond these walls. And one of the passages that people like to use is from Hebrews chapter 10 that says, let us not neglect meeting together. And most people use that to describe church gatherings. But I was saying, it never says, let us not forget, neglect going to a church building. It just talks about gathering together. So how? Beyond these walls, how can we gather together? When the governor tells us, you are not allowed to gather together, how do we gather together? Well, first I wanna wanna just say, sending a card is a great thing. Because when I, I used to be really excited when I went to the mailbox, because you never know, there might be a letter from somebody. But that doesn't really happen anymore. I'm not too excited to go to the mailbox for one reason, because it's usually just bills. (laughs) And that doesn't excite me. Um, But a handwritten card from somebody, something just simple, hey, I was thinking about you. I love you. Uh, I'm praying for you. That's a great way to connect, to support, to encourage, to pray. A second way we can practice koinonia during this time um, is a phone call. And like I was saying, some of the people that I've talked to, some especially some of our older members who are not computer uh, savvy, they're the ones that are feeling, gosh, I don't know. The, the phrase I hear sometimes is, I don't know about this Zoom thing. <laughs> so, And maybe, I'm telling you, a phone call means the world to a lot of people. Having a conversation on the phone and saying, hey, how you doing? I would actually write out three talking points maybe to have when you call, uh, especially if it's somebody you don't know very well. Part of his internship was for Carlos to call people at the church. And he said, it's kind of hard. And I said, well, just make sure you have your talking points, some questions you want to ask, some things you want to know from this person. How long have you been at the church? What do you like about the church? What are some things you wish we could do better to allow people to have conversation? Where'd you grow up? Those sorts of things. Um, And just be ready to have those conversations. A third way we can practice koinonia is uh, Zoom meetings. Now here's the thing. We have our midweek check-in. We have anywhere from two people, which is me and one other person, and... I think the most we've had is six. So it's a small group. It's a tough time. I realize that. Wednesdays at five o'clock. Families are, I initially wanted to reach out to families, uh, but five o'clock is a little tough. They're just starting to get in for dinner or people who are um, workers and are out. uh, That's a tough time to connect. So, uh, but here's the thing. I've talked to other churches and they say, oh, we have about 12 different Zoom gatherings a week. The pastor doesn't run those gatherings. Those are just church member run. So I want to encourage you. Here's my challenge for some of you. If you are missing people in the church, try to put together some Zoom meetings. Try to, uh, Zoom is free for the first 40 minutes. So you can say, okay, we're gonna do a meeting and we'll meet for 40 minutes. Uh, It could be based on mutual affinity for something. Like you might be the same age, the same gender. You might be at the same season in life, moms uh, of young children or uh, older adults who are home alone. Um, We might even be able to help some of our older members to instruct them on how to use Zoom. Might be helpful for some of those people. I wanna encourage you to do that. And uh, if you would be interested in doing a Zoom gathering or hosting a Zoom gathering and not sure how to do that, um, just, again, private message me, send me a note, and I will uh, talk you through that. And then finally, there's one member of our church that is having backyard gatherings. So she has people come to her backyard. She has chairs set up in a circle, socially distant and they come they bring their own food or own drinks um, and they just kind of sit and gather and chat and after they go uh, she cleans all the chairs and all the things that they might have touched and make sure that everything is um, safe and they just sit in the backyard if you have a backyard or maybe some of our older members who are not zoom friendly do have backyards and maybe Set up a time once a week where you get together and people come over and you chat in the backyard. That's what we're missing, right? I mean, I've heard from several people when we did the survey, one of the comments was, I miss after the service going into the gallery and catching up with my friends. I miss them. So these are ways that we can connect by phone calls, by cards, by Zoom gatherings, or by backyard gatherings. I encourage you to do that. Stay connected to each other. Stay in fellowship with each other. Practice koinonia with your church family. So in keeping with that, uh, we're going to sing a, a hymn. As I was preparing for this, this hymn kept going through my head the entire time. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. Uh, It's hymn number 438 in the hymnal. Um, And actually, I was thinking about this. If you are at home and would really like a hymnal, we have enough here that we could loan you a hymnal. We want it back after COVID-19. But if you would like to have a hymnal at home so that you don't have to use the printer, Uh, we can do that so just let me know again private message me uh, and i'll i'll be sure that one gets dropped off but for now we're going to sing blessed be the tie that binds m number 438. Brothers in Colombia, South America, and communion with our sisters and brothers in South Korea. Jesus says, "Everyone is welcome to this table. There are no strangers here. You are family. You are one. Welcome. Let us." Loving and most holy God, we thank you for your great love for us. When we turned our backs on you, when we abandoned you, when we ran away from you, when we rebelled against you, you remained faithful to us. You remained faithful to the covenant you made with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob, and with David. You continued to pursue us even when we ran Even when we were away, you remained ready to welcome us home. Lord God, you sent your son Jesus Christ into this world to live here, to teach about the kingdom of God, to lead others to you, to reconcile the world to yourself. And our sins had caused a separation but Jesus Christ, who was without sin, took our sins upon himself and died on the cross. Suffering the consequences of the sins of all people. So that our sins might be removed from us, placed on Him, And we might be made right with you. Reconciled to you. Brought back into with you, coin you, We're so grateful to you, to Jesus Christ, and to the Holy Spirit that binds us together with you and with one another. We pray that as we celebrate this sacrament, we might be reminded of our fellowship with you and with one another. We pray that your Spirit will descend upon these elements wherever they may be, that we might be celebrating with you, Amen. Scripture reminds us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, "This is my body, give them for you." Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the meal, he took the cup and said, "This cup represents the new covenant in my blood, shed for the sins of men." Do this in remembrance of me. For every time you take this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. I encourage you to take these elements in your time, prayerfully in your home uh, when you are ready to do so. And as we partake, Carol will be leading us in a solo. And uh, we are reminded that this is the meal that Jesus shared. feeling this way as well. So help us to be the first to reach out. May you continue to guide us, Lord. We pray for healing. We pray for healing for our nation, for this world. We pray for healing for our members and friends, especially at this time, I think of Ken Kirkman's dad who continues to be sick. We pray for healing in his life. Lord, most importantly, we pray that we as your people would seek to guide those around us to find a right relationship with you. To find fellowship with you, a koinonia with you, so that they might experience all those ingredients of fellowship. Love acceptance, comfort, encouragement. Help us to be ministers and ambassadors of your reconciling love, Lord God. As we go from this place and from the places where we are, as we reach out in your name, we pray these things in your name. Amen. We're going to finish up by singing the hymn, let us talents and tongues employ, hymn number four, five hundred and fourteen in the hymnal if you have one at home. Let us talents and tongues employ this. Sing together. you experience fellowship with him, and I pray that we would reach out to one another and experience fellowship with each other. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the community the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.